0: What's going on? You found the X. Broadcasting on the Chiral Network throughout the United Cities of America. You're listening to episode 14 of X-Button Radio. I'm Damon Viteri and I'm joined by
1: Danny Morales. I'm fragile, but I'm not that fragile.
0: Boom. So, very special episode this week. We are going to be talking all things Death Stranding. I am very late to the party, but I figure better late than never. I just rolled credits, and uh, Danny and I thought, what better way to celebrate the completion of my first Kojima game than <laughs> podcasting about it?
1: Yes, so this week is going to be a complete spoiler cast on this game, hence why Jeremy is absent from the party once he gets around to playing Death Stranding. We'll have a three-way conversation on it. But um, until then, it's just me and Damon going back and forth on what I think is one of the most influential games of this generation.
0: Uh, You know, it's hard to argue. I mean, when when the game first came out, I think it was, it was easier to argue against that because there was so much hype, you know, it was Kojima's first was, game outside of metal gear, you know, and, and like hot off the heels of the, of, you know, the, 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 the PT, you know, um demo and all this stuff. Right. And um, I, I just, I think now in late 2020, it's, incredible the stuff that kojima wrote about and how you know people are scattered throughout a fallen nation because of some crazy event you know the death stranding and they're they're
1: cataclysmic events
0: Mm -hmm. they're hunkered down and it's all about like connection and you know the delivery of resources and just stuff that you know now uh, you know in a post-covid world hits so much harder than it ever would have when it released November of 2019. And, and that's mm-hmm. what I think blows me away as, you know, coming from somebody who, you know, is really dialed into the games industry, but not a huge Kojima fan. I never really got into Metal Gear Solid and I saw all the hype behind Death Stranding and all the weird trailers. And then when it came out, it, people were very divided. And it was enough it very for me to polarized. say, right, it was enough for me to say, well, maybe I'll, you know, I'll kind of wait, I won't jump on this right away. And then, you know, you've been pushing me to play Death Stranding for a while now, and I said, I've been know, pushing
1: this. you to play something, <laughs> I, I've been pushing you to play Metal Gear, I've been pushing you to play this, I bought you Metal Gear Solid 5 on disc, even though I know that's not your first choice of, of medium. But, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm hoping this opened the door for different games. I mean, it's, and this is definitely different. This is, to me, like I said, one of the most influential games as far as the whole asymmetric multiplayer. And, uh, this, this, I don't even know how to describe it to you, dude. It's like, almost like, you know, you do good, you do a good deed and then someone else will follow. Mm -hmm. And
0: I don't know
1: if there's, I don't know if there's, you know, necessarily a, a specific word for that, but that's all you get while you play this game, you know, you 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 put down a ladder or you put down a climbing rope or a zip line and you are not the only person that can take advantage of that. So you don't it's it's crazy to me a game that focuses so much on isolation especially when you first start out considering how barren the world is. Yes. And how you unlock different, you know, different checkpoints, different nodes, different distribution centers and just fill up the map with so many player structures to where, I mean, I know for a fact I've played, a, you know, when I first played the game and, and I will tell you, I think that you starting the game as late as you did probably helped the process out because when I first started the game, there was nothing. Even if you connected, there was nothing. Because it hadn't built up to that point yet, as far as people playing. But now I'm sure when when you unlocked a new location, did the map just fill up with different signs and and, oh, yeah. and, and buildings? Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it that's was, what's it was, so it,
0: that's what's so powerful about this is you know when you would connect the new region, getting there was so isolated and, and lonely. It was such a lonely trek. And then as soon as you're connected, it's just like, boom, all these signs, all this. It's like the whole area just lights up. And, I mean, it's such an intelligent way to convey connection through, you know, oh, remember that river that you had to, you know, put two ladders across and barely make it through? And Well, now there's just a bridge there. And it's got, you know... 4,000 likes already and, you know, it, it, just stuff like that makes it feel so much more um, meaningful what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's where, that's where I think, you know, for all the eccentricities that Kojima has with, you know, character naming and and some story stuff that, you know, people wouldn't really do. Like he's got such a good sense of what works from a game standpoint and how to convey that message through gameplay, which is something that you can't do in film and music, you know, because it's not interactive like like gaming is. Yes. And, and yes, that's what I think, and,
1: uh, you know. I, what I was going to say was this is not a game that you can appreciate by watching someone else play. This is a game that you yourself have to go and actually, you know, you are put in the boots of Sam Bridges. And it's, it's not something that you can, you can experience secondhand. I, we could sit here and talk till we're blue in the face on why you should play it. But I, me myself had played it and beat it almost a year ago. I, I convinced Damon by a miracle, but I, I would be hard pressed to convince anyone else to give it a try. It's just something that you, You have to give a shot if you want. It's as simple as that. Yeah.
0: So playing it, I I completely understand why this would be polarizing. This is a, it's a delivery game. You know, there's some, there's some scripted story moments that are pretty cool and some boss fights. But for the most part, it's traversal. And I could see how that immediately, you're probably going to take 50 to 60% of your base away. You know, away your fan base away just because of Mm -hmm. that. It's a one trick pony. Now, what it does, it does well, but it's not a very well rounded game from that standpoint, so I get that. That being said, I really fell in deep with this from the moment that you're making your first delivery and you know, you come over the hill and you see a distribution center. I think it's actually the, the, the furnace um, that you first
1: delivered oh, where you, and yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and, and the music starts playing. And let me tell you something, the soundtrack in this game, low roar does most of the heavy lifting. They're the band that Kojima just basically took albums from and just threw in this game phenomenal, phenomenal music for this, you know, the the mood, the atmosphere, everything about it, just perfect. So the moment that I went over that first hill and the music started playing, I was hooked. And I really, I mean, I couldn't put it down. I'd say I probably... I mean, I'm only done with the story. I haven't, I'm, I'm going for the platinum and that's a big chunk of time to get five stars at every facility, find all the memory chips, build everything, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, I have to say, um, from a story standpoint, this thing grabbed me and just wouldn't let go. And I, it's my, it's one of my favorite sci-fi stories, uh, in, in a, in a long time. I mean, the characters are so unique and memorable. And I hate their names, but I love everything else about them. Uh, from Die Hard Man to Dead Man Hartman, uh, Mama slash Lachna, Fragile, they're all so memorable and just they have such interesting, rich backstories and little ticks that you know they're that's going to stick with you for for so long. Um, and I just, yeah, I mean, every chapter was like a different character and you learn more about it. There was some stuff that was repetitive and we'll get into it. But, um, yeah, for the most part, I love the structure of the game. I love the tone of the game. I wish the gameplay was a little bit more well-rounded and, and, and diverse, but that wasn't enough to stop me from highly, highly recommending it. But, again, it's not for everybody. It's a very chill game. It's not one that... You know, is going to have these crazy high adrenaline moments. It's a it's a slow burn throughout, but it's a good one.
1: Yeah, it's the best Netflix show I've ever played. Pretty much is what I've I've always coined it as. That it's super interesting. Every character, every character is so fleshed out, and by the end of the game, you you feel for these people because when when this whole horrible death stranding happened it caught so many people off guard you know and 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 talking to the different main characters like mama and and hartman and you get to really understand that everything just fell apart so quick and it's it's kind of like the black mirror version of what we're going through right now in a sense of things you know having a people are more polarized than ever and, you know, social distancing, don't go outside, we're on lockdown, you can't go outside, cause the BTs will get you, pretty much.
0: Yeah. It's pretty wild, pretty wild. So, can we get into the story here? Because like I said, I just rolled credits maybe 10, 15 minutes ago, and I've got, I've got questions, I've got, I'm, I'm, I'm still buzzing from, from finishing this, right? So. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Alright, so, again, we, 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 we preface this at the beginning of the episode but full spoilers. So if you're interested in playing this game, you know, now's your chance. Turn it off. All right. So let's, can we start at the end and then maybe work backwards or at least I, I, I want to sure. get a sense. Okay. So, so at the very, so throughout the game, as you're, as you're finishing chapters and you're resting at your, at your, your private rooms, um, Spliced throughout those moments are these little story beats with Mads Mads Mickelson's character Clifford Unger, who looks to be talking yeah. to BB through you know flashbacks or whatever they might be. It's it's kind of implied that every time Sam connects to BB, he's getting BB's memories, and at the end, it's a major revelation that in fact. Clifford Unger is Sam's father and that the BB memories that you were seeing were your own and that you were a BB. And, uh, the BB that Sam has, Lou, who ends up being Louise, it's a girl, um, was not that, that, that BB at all. It just happened to be, you know, coincidental that he had a BB with him and, and was, was, was going through these, these flashbacks. So all that, all that being said, I need to know more about Amelie and where she kind of fits in and what an extinction entity is. I mean, dude, there's so many – like my mind goes in a million directions. That's why I don't have a formulated thought here. It's like, yeah. holy cow. Like, okay, you know, I mean maybe we'll – okay, let's maybe break it down one at a time. So, the, So the Unger stuff, the Clifford Unger stuff. So
1: he was yeah. your dad,
0: yeah. and every flashback you had – Going from World War One to World was, War II to Vietnam was him trying to get to you, not to
1: Louise. I think that at first, mm, I agree with you there. Like, I think that he wanted the BB insinuating that it was his son, but obviously it had been some pe- time. You're not going to recognize li- a literal, um, for lack of a better word fetus to a grown adult. You're not, mean, these kids have been taken out of their mother's womb at a certain time. They haven't even developed hair follicles yet to where they're just completely bald from the head down. So.
0: Right. And they're frozen, right? In that development state. When they're put in that pod, they can't develop anymore. They are, they are frozen as they are,
1: right? Physically. Physically, Physically, they are. Physically, Mentally, mentally they adapt and grow as if they were already born. So that's why you see so much, how do I put it? How Lou is very aware of what's going on outside. I don't know to the point that she understands what people are saying, mm-hmm. but you know, she's, she might not say anything, but she's like, right. she's in, in, in tune. Conversation. With, yeah.
0: Yeah. She's in tune with what's going on. Okay. So you're, so you're saying that you think that Unger is drawn to, Sam and Lou, but doesn't Sam. realize that Sam is his right. He's drawn, but he doesn't know that he's drawn to Sam necessarily. He thinks that he's still trying to go after BB. I mean, either way, it works however you interpret it. I think unless I miss something that was spelled out, but I don't think Kojima is the kind of guy that's just going to spell it out for you. Um, but yes, yeah, because I thought I I thought that he was just that Unger was just trying to he, he was calling Sam B. He was drawn to him and knew that that was was his That was his trial
1: No I think That Unger was Looking for Basically I guess I could interpret it like this He felt the presence of Sam As his BB but when he actually Laid eyes on the BB Oh that's my BB and obviously Sam's wearing Lou the entire time You know what I mean so Mm -hmm. That's what he's drawn to but sees Lou and thinks oh that's my Baby Right. So that's what I Until, think it is.
0: until what? Until he has like the, the, the face to face conversation with him in the Vietnam flat, in the Vietnam beach. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Where it wasn't, a, a you know, where he wasn't being so violent and Sam actually like stopped and was like, do you know who I am? Do you know who you are?
0: Mm-hmm. Do you know who
1: this is? And I think it, the, the memories started to come back and I think Cliff himself realized like that's why he handed back the BB and then tried to hug Sam or gave Sam a hug is that he realized. Oh, that's not my BB. This grown ass man is my BB.
0: Right, right, right. Which is and then yeah, which kind of finished his arc out and just was I, so so good. And and as soon as I saw like because cause they do a lot of info dumping at the end. You weren't kidding about like ninety minutes of just cutscene and just all this exposition mm-hmm. and explanation. And they they do a lot of telling, then they do a lot of showing. And there's they've got a lot of different storylines to kind of wrap up at the end. But what really Like the the aha moment for me was like, oh, my God, that's why Sam never wanted anybody to touch him because he couldn't be touched when he was a BB for the longest time because he was in a pod. And it was such a symbol for like not being able to be touched. And then when he was when he unlocked the memories of him getting out of the pod, all of a sudden he was okay with people touching him. Like I loved that. I thought that was so smart. Yeah. Um. So cool. The stuff with with John, aka Die Hard man, and how he ended up killing, uh, uh killing Unger, and how that, you know, was like this weight on his shoulders, and him explaining it to Sam. Dude, that performance.
1: When- that performance. That just. Oh my God. When he just gra- gets on his knees and starts to cry. He's like, Why didn't he kill me? Why? Yeah, oh, And then
0: when yeah, you, yeah. The
1: dialogue in this game.
0: Yeah. It was really, really, really intelligent. And then I, I, I love the fact that you find out that it was actually Bridget who like was, was pulling the for trigger. trigger. pull the trigger for, for mm-hmm. John and, 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 you know, made him kill his, his friend and, and captain. That was, that was, that was really good. Really powerful stuff. Um, so I, mm-hmm. I loved, to me, all of that worked. Now, I mentioned Bridget, so that might be a good transition. Let's talk about Bridget and Amelie. I'm gonna, again, explain it. Okay. I'm gonna try to explain it the way that I interpreted it, and you tell me, you tell me if I'm wrong here. So. Okay. Amelie and Bridget are the same people. Amelie is basically Bridget's spirit, and Bridget is basically Amelie's body in, in the real world versus the beach. They're, they're one and the same. The ka and the ha, right? And
1: yes, yes,
0: so 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 Amelie doesn't age because she's on the beach. Bridget is her body that continues on and has the decisions and she understands that she's an extinction entity, which we'll get to in a second, because, man, I have questions about that. So she gets mm-hmm. to she she figures out that she's an extinction entity and puts the chiral network in motion in order to help her. Facilitate the extinction event,
1: the the last stranding.
0: Right, the la, right the the last stranding. Okay, so I understand all that. How does look? What is an ext? I understand what an extinction entity is, but do they ever give any kind of understanding as far as like how they come about or what causes an extinction entity to even exist? Is it just like so?
1: To me, and it was very telling at the end when Sam, you know, is talking to E.E., e., you know, because at that point, I feel like if you pay attention, Amelie wears red, Bridget wears white, white. and then the extinction entity is black.
0: It was black, yeah. So
1: to me, Amelie is, she said it herself, I am the beach. So I feel like Amelie is the, how do I put it, just like the, 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 closest thing to to make sense to sam to be able to understand because it's it, the beach is formless to me that's what i'm getting it the ee is formless until you know it has to take a form that's why it was a neanderthal or a woolly mammoth or
0: um oh right those or little the right dinosaurs the, yeah. or whatever. well not the not it was like the the fossilized um uh, those, the, like the fossilized creatures, like all the stuff that, that Hartman was kind of like explaining in his, in, when you were with him, like that's why those creatures were so important because they all had like the same umbilical uh, cord, right? That's kind of exactly. how like, yeah. okay, okay, right. So it's yeah. an organism that the, just that ends all up those being samples like, you were know, destroyed. right. So you end up winning, you know, as in, if you're an EE, you end up winning the lottery kind of, and hey, you're the one that's going to bring about the, uh, the end of your, of your kind or the end of life during that era. That's why they were five. Yes, somehow.
1: Exactly. So somehow, some way it just, it just comes to be, you know what I mean? Um, I feel like, obviously I feel like Bridget and Emily were the most dangerous because it was a fully functioning human being. And we all knows the evil, we all know what evil, um, human beings are capable of. They, they even say it like, Um, Higgs talks about it. He's just like all these nightmares and everything. It's all her fault. Mm -hmm. And when she talks about the nightmares, she's like, your nightmares are my dreams. Yeah.
0: Her dreams. Right. And time is time doesn't exist on the beach. So she's she has no clue like when things are or yeah, I, I, I get, I get that. Um, okay. So now Sam being a repatriate, first of all, I love how they just talk about repatriates like everybody knows what that is and that's a totally normal thing like did I miss something with that was are you is that supposed to just be like a normal thing like oh this guy can't die
1: well here's here's my whole I feel like being be, having dooms is rare in itself being a repatriate is is rare I have to look into it but I did read somewhere that Higgs was a repatriate that it gave it dropped a hint that he might have been a repatriate um, right, right. So Shane right. no, would be the only one if, if that he was di- the case.
0: Yeah, because if he died on the beach, he'd be done. Same thing like Sam. That's why the yeah. fight with him is so is so uh critical, you know, in that point in the story, is because one of them dies, they're not coming back. But so are exactly. dooms and being a repatriate one and the same thing?
1: No. Dooms and I don't know what facilitates or prioritizes the fact of somebody having dooms. Um, But dooms are basically like they say a chiral allergy, which helps you either and depending on your level. So like Sam's a level two and the most he could do is sense when they're nearby. Fragile, who is, I think, what, level five or six? She can jump to the beach and physically actually see BTs. His is a level... I think a level seven or a level eight, and he can control BTS. And then you have the grandma, the grandmama of them all, which is Amelie. and she is the beach. Right, right, right. Yeah,
0: I'm reading. I'm reading off of um, PCGamer.com. They say dooms are supernatural abilities that characters in Death Stranding use to interact and perceive the otherworldly entities of BTS and the beach uh, each character's abilities have a certain level that grants them certain skills. Right. And Sam can only like sense them. He can't like see them necessarily. So,
1: um, yeah, exactly. So really,
0: really, really like interesting stuff. And now Higgs was create, not created, but Higgs got his abilities from Amelie, right?
1: Yes. Yes. Basically like uh, to help her facilitate the end of the world.
0: Right. Right. He's a, he's a, uh, a foot soldier basically for Amelie. um, a pawn, a pawn. Right, right. Yeah, he's a pawn. Absolutely. Um, okay, so when when she repatriotizes Sam, was her putting him in the water like her making him a repatriate, or was he already a repatriate as a as a as a BB? Does it matter? No, I guess it he might was not a even repatriate. Matter.
1: It does. It does because the, the exact moment. That Bridget saved Sam's life was the exact moment when the death stranding hat was started
0: oh, right, well, that was going to be my question is okay so so Sam coming back to life repatriotizing for the first time is what causes the death stranding?
1: Yes, that opens the door to the world of the dead pretty much because by all rights he should have been dead and
0: the and the and the death stranding technically is when the b t s can get can come to our plane of existence and when they interact with a dead body it causes a void out
1: yes because bts are facilitated and completely made up of antimatter which Mm -hmm. in all reality to me makes a lot of sense considering we haven't found we know there's antimatter in the universe but we can't sense it we can't feel it so it makes a lot of sense for this chiral network, which is basically, I guess, if you want to call it an element, um, that it formulates in the cloud and drops down. It kind of, I don't even know how to describe it to you. Tell me if this makes sense. Um, you know how sometimes they use water to kind of uh, facilitate a hologram? Like Rain. Kind of. Do you know Do you know what I'm talking about? Where they'll use like mist or something and shine lights at it at the perfect angles to where it looks like a 3D image.
0: Yeah, yeah, it gives it a little bit of volume. Okay,
1: I feel like that's the same thing with um, timefall and the BTS. Okay. You know what I mean, and then, then besides the side effect that it rapidly ages other. yeah. So ti- yeah, ti- right, just... right,
0: yeah. Time fall, time fall is basically like the it amplify it amplifies the presence of the BTs and makes them actually be able to do what they need to do. Kind of like I guess if you're going back to your yeah. example, kind of like how the mist with the hologram makes the hologram a little bit like formed a little bit better. You can see it a little bit more. It's, it amplifies it, kind of the same thing. Yes, pretty um, much. Yeah. Okay, so it's right. kind of like a. All right, so two 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 specific questions I have for you, Danny. First one,
1: I felt like
0: Amelie, the only thing that bothered me about Amelie was that you never really understood why she was so, like, besides the fact that she was an Extinction Entity... Like, you never really got her motivation as to why the world should end. She just kept saying, well, you know, it's going to end anyway. We can't go on like this, so we might as well end it now. Like, that was kind of like a – to me, that was kind of like a crappy answer, crappy motivation for why you want to bring about the end of all life. Uh How did you interpret that?
1: I interpret it as her being an extinction entity. It's – it's like – a fish to water. It's just instinct. Like they need to do it and if they don't do it, they they don't feel like they're fulfilling their purpose. Okay. Especially so it's just, once it's in they their realize nature. what their it's, purpose is. It's the frog and yes. the scorpion.
0: It's in it's in her nature. She just has to do that. Okay, fine. Not the Yeah. That's to me that's not the greatest writing in the world, but fine. I mean that's okay. That's She is she's basically Extinction as, like, embodied into a person or, like, a character. So, okay, fine, fine. That's, I can, I can, I can live with that. Um, Second thing, when Sam is on the beach at the end, and I recognize this from so much of the marketing, there were five humanoids made of antimatter. They look like BTs that were floating in the sky above the water on the beach at the very end. Were those, were those, like... Supposed to be Hartman, Lachna, like all of the, 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 the comrades looking for him, or was that something totally different?
1: I take it as what you just said, in that instance, because there's a few instances where you find, where you see these like ethereal five beings, and they can mean, you know, the five extinctions before, or like you said, they could mean Deadman, Hartman, Mama Lachna, Fragile, and Die Hardman looking for you. Okay, that's kind of uh, that was how
0: I interpreted it. But I and think- that
1: ins- I know what part you're talking about, and that that to me uh, that's how I interpreted that instance of it. But if you were ever to do a second playthrough, you would notice there's there's some how do I put it? There's there's a few symbolic moments where that uh, the apparitions appear. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I, I just – that's uh, – let's see. I'm on Screen Rant, and there's an article, Death <laughs> Stranding Game Ending Explained, and uh I'm going to read a little bit uh, – a paragraph from, from, from this. Uh The Death Stranding ending comes with a twist, and it involves Sam uncovering why he has been deeply connected to Clifford Unger's paranormal appearances. While Sam initially believes it is because the BB unit he is using was the son of Clifford, it actually turns out to be more complicated than that. Sam is actually Clifford's baby having been saved by Amelie after both he and Clifford were shot to death during an escape attempt from the UCA lab that was using BBs experimentally. Sam's resurrection via Amelie's powers as an extinction entity also gifted him the ability of being a repatriate, which explains why he's able to resurrect from death during the course of the game and why his blood has unique properties to fight off BTs. So this article is saying that her putting him in the water did actually make him a repatriate. Uh, because Amelie is split into two parts, her physical body, her ha, existed as Bridget Strand, while her spirit, her ka, remained stranded on the beach, she's able to save Sam on the beach and then also raise him as her own child, as Bridget Strand. So... Yeah, that um I'm trying to look and see if they have anything on the uh the five entities at the end. I I mean, it's again, it's one of those things where I I feel like it's kind of like left to interpretation a little bit. Um but Yeah,
1: that's again, that's how I saw it. You know, you could interpret it as like the five extinction events before, you know, looking down on you like you beat us, you know, you could take it as however right. you want. Right, that was, yeah, and that was the other thing
0: I looked at. I looked at that as those were the five other extinction events, and only because they say it so many times, so many times, <laughs> you know. There were five extinction events, five, ext- and then there's five, you know, five bodies hovering over the water. So those were my two theories, was either they they were the, extinction events or they were the they were the five, you know, the five friends, you know, Fragile, Hartman, etc Um I'm really going down the rabbit hole here. I'm on I'm on a game facts uh forum now. Oh good. And then and then they said uh aren't the five aren't the five floating figures just the group rescuing Sam from the beach? Deadman, Hartman, Fragile, Lochna, um uh and uh Die Hardman. And then uh the first response is nope they're the extinction entities the five figures show up at other times so i don't think your theory adds up in a way that would make sense they could have just been dinosaurs blah 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 so they're just going back and forth on this on this on this thread but yeah it looks like yeah it looks like there's really no consensus it's just you know there's i think they're symbolic of the of the previous extinctions like um like you were saying but but could have been, could have been either of them. I mean, and it's no, it's no, I'm sure it's not a mistake that the five, there were five friends helping him look for him also so that, you know, he, you know, people could talk about Yeah, like it, the
1: anti-extinction entities, like mm-hmm. anti-extinction or something. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So,
0: um, I really liked, I, I I really liked that. Um, I thought that was, that was good. I mean, I love the ending. I mean, like I said, it's probably my favorite, my favorite, unique piece of science fiction since since i saw the movie oblivion it kind of had like the same and that's going back a while now i gotta
1: check that movie out i gotta check that movie out because i i was like are you talking about skyrim dude what no 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 (laughs) no no no, no, because i've never heard of that movie movie,
0: i mean the movie it feels very similar like the earth is kind of like it's gone through an extinction event and there's not a lot of people left on it and it it looks like visually it kind of looks like death stranding and it's got like a unique twist you know at the end and it's got a killer soundtrack so uh spiritually it's very similar i had a lot of a lot of you know those vibes while i was playing it especially towards- and it's
1: really and it's really funny how like that's like in itself oblivion it was one of your favorite forms of media like sci-fi and then this game came out and you're like, oh shit, it's basically like almost the same fucking thing just in video yeah,
0: games. Yeah, yeah, kind of. I mean it it's 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 very like the story's very different than Oblivion, but I just mean like the feel of, like the feel of it was kinda kinda similar in, in some ways. I'm gonna um, check
1: Oblivion out then.
0: Yeah. Uh, I loved, I loved the boss battles. I thought that they were really interesting. Um the, 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 the giant man with, with Higgs and, and Amelie stuck in, in like a chiral web a la aliens, you know, waiting for like a chest burster to pop out kind of thing. Like that was really cool. Yeah. I love, my favorite part, my favorite part of the game though, hands down, was the first time you have to cross the sea and you need to get captured by the BTs and you're running across buildings that are floating in the tar, and these whales are just jumping over your head and splashing down, and you have such a, a sense of scale, like, you feel so small, they feel like these these giant creatures, and sometimes, you know, you've got to, like, skitter across the top of, like, a rusted car, like, right on the water level, and, like, you'll see a tail splash, and, like, th- it's like a good... 3 to 4 minute sequence it felt like maybe even longer than that and you're not actually fighting anything you're just going across this path
1: but running man you're running I, for your dude, fucking life i
0: was smiling ear to ear that during that whole part i just i thought that was so good um i love that i love there were parts with like the time fall and the and in bt territory that kind of was like all right i'm a little over this you know,
1: uh,
0: yeah, not not I, you know, I, and
1: I, I and I get that.
0: Yeah, and you need to have those moments because uh, otherwise, what are you doing? You're just point A to point B. I mean, there's you know. Also, I didn't like the mules. So, I thought the mule stuff was kind of like you know. Again, you got to have a hazard in the middle of in the middle of like this empty world. So I get that, but um, it didn't really click for me. It was just kind of more like a nuisance than anything else. So,
1: yes, I, I agree with you on those points. Um, and it would have been a lot more damning if combat was actually the focus of this game, but it's not. It's, it's not at all. Like they, I go, I run 99% of the time. And, and Damon, as you play and you actually get like phenomenal weapons, like I know what you have, I know what I had when I ended the game is nothing compared to like the skeletons. The equipment, the guns, the the um the vehicles. Like as you start to level up every region, they give you new and upgraded stuff. Like you get um and I, this is something I got recently. So did you ever end up unlocking the battery pack for your book bag? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. You go up to level three with that fucking thing, and I swear to God, you could run from Lake Knot City to I want to say the Timefall Farm on one battery. And you, you don't need. And then once you build the roads and everything, it mm-hmm. it streamlines itself. And that's and that's if we want to. Do you want to hop into gameplay, or do you have more story stuff to talk? No, about?
0: no. I mean, that was pretty much that was pretty much it for for the story stuff. Um, I, I yeah, we could definitely hop into gameplay. I'll tell you what was a game changer for me was the all terrain skeleton. That was oh yeah,
1: like because <laughs> the so I because I I kind of hit.
0: So I love the beginning. When you're 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 making deliveries to like the elder, the engineer, the geologist, like they're everybody's like kinda close together. Um, I really liked that and I had set up like a pretty good zip line network, like where now I could just fly from like one distribution center to the other and like I have like drop offs along the way. It's like really, really easy. Then when you get to like That's the mountains. Smart. Yeah, then you get to the mountains and you get to the snow. And there's a couple of parts where you're just back and forth. Like to me, that was like the first test. Of are you going to drop off this game as a player or are you going to stick with it? Because I could see the first time somebody has to go around one of these huge mountains and you know, you fall off a cliff or something and you're, and you got to restart it. I could see somebody being like, I'm done. F this. I'm, I'm yeah. out. You know, I'm not doing it anymore. So that was the first one where I was like, okay, like I, could see people getting off here um so once i got the power the all-terrain skeleton though then i didn't care i'm like oh this is perfect i could just run through the snow no problem um really easy but like yeah i understand that in order for you to appreciate the equipment that you have and the progress you're making you have to go through the muck first i just wish that it wasn't as time-consuming because i think i'm like maybe 40 hours in now and i finished the story and then i've done i think i've like maxed out like maybe two locations with with five stars and i've done maybe 20 i want to say i've done 26 or 27 uh premium deliveries where i'm like like the the legend of legends thing um Mm -hmm. so so i haven't done a whole lot and i'm really exci- i'm really excited for the end game stuff now because now it seems like it's really going to get like, you know, a lot more things are going to open up. But um yeah, but that like i i i get it. I just wish that it was a little bit easier to get to where you needed to get to for the story purpose more than anything else.
1: Yes, cuz cuz the story is so engaging, you just want to know what happens next. And um there are a few points in that where the pacing kind of takes a dump and it's exactly right when you said when you hit the mountain because the whole pacing of the game just takes a dump. Not to say that it's not rewarded. You're not rewarded for your patience at all. But, um, like, oh, what was it? What was it? I know you had to do, like, three or four missions in the mountains, and I don't yeah, remember yeah, exactly you just, when you yeah, got well, the yeah. skeleton.
0: Mm-hmm. You don't get it until you're probably halfway through a, lot, a majority of the mountain stuff as far as the story goes. So that... That yeah, was so. that was kind of a bummer. The other the other you know the other like I think falling off point for for players would be there's a I think it's chapter 10 when you have to you've gone all the way to Edge not City and they want you to go all the way back to the capital. And
1: And no structures.
0: Yeah. And it's like, you seriously want me to walk all, like that's the stuff that I don't understand because obviously if I'm this far into the game, you've hooked me. So why are you making me, like there was nothing new from that, for that entire chapter. It was just for me, it was just padding and they could have easily had fragile jump you back to the capital. Like why would they make you walk All the way back, like to me, that was just kind of that was stupid. I didn't, I didn't. I mean, maybe because it took you so long to get there, they want you to feel like the scope and the weight of what you accomplished. But come on, like I—that's one way
1: of looking at
0: it. I just did that, you know. So that was that's the other one where I could see people saying like, okay, I'm 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 done now at this point. Mm
1: -hmm. So. No, I could see, I could see where that, but that's how the way you said it was exactly the way that, you know, I I took it. It did not, it didn't bother me to make the trek back. I think because I had like, the I had pretty good equipment, so I just threw a speed skeleton on and hoofed it. Just boom, just ran. Forget the BTS, forget the the mules. They cannot catch me. I am gone. So. That's how I took it. I was like, man, it took me forever to get to this point and look at what I've done to make, just, it, it, it make it easier, I guess, in a way. The, the, it's very weird how the game, I don't want to say that it's focused on encumbrance, but encumbrance is obviously a big factor in the game and, you know, most games that have any kind of encumbrance, you know, it's annoying. Um, but they use it as a mechanic so well to where like just walking, like people say it's a walking simulator. Yes, you're a hundred percent right, but it does it so well as far as keeping your balance, watching your footing.
0: You right. know what I
1: mean? Right. And I think in most Everything games, like that, it, in
0: most games like delivery missions and encumbrance is a detriment because it's stopping you from getting back to what you were doing before, which whatever the gameplay loop is, right. In this game, yeah. that is part of the gameplay loop, so it does. it's not slowing you down necessarily because it's just part of the DNA of the game where, you know, like in Breath of the Wild, for example, like this is an encumbrance necessarily, but like, you know, a lot of people complain about your weapon breaking, right? Well, that's because what do you want to do? You yeah. want to get your weapon back so you can start fighting enemies again, right? That's not how this game works. So the encumbrance is just, it's more of like resource management and inventory management and like... You know, maximizing the efficiency of your roots. Preparation. Right, right, right. And that's part of the game. Like that's not slowing you down from then going into a combat section necessarily. The combat sections are few and far between. They're the break from the norm the normal gameplay loop, you know?
1: It's like it's funny that you brought up Breath of the Wild because I read it some or somebody talked about it and it was like it's like the inverse of Breath of the Wild in the sense that like you could just slap the stick forward and get to where you need to get to. Even if there's a mountain in your way, you just press forward and, you know, depending on if you have the stamina or not. And once you get to your destination is when things happen. This is the entire, de- the entire journey. There's something going on. And once you get to your destination, it's almost like, oh, thank God. And not a thank God of like, it's finally over. It's like, oh, thank God I made it.
0: Right, right. I can rest. I can recharge my batteries. I can fill up my blood bags again, all that stuff. Um, You know, yeah. Breath of the Wild was on my mind because the world felt so similar to Breath of the Wild in the sense that it was barren, but it was barren for a reason. And this cataclysmic mm-hmm. event happened previously, and now there's just remnants of what was left, and there's these things that haunt the world, kind of. And, like, that is very similar, like, to... It's, there was a lot of similarities that I felt with the with the overworld, especially um and I like that part of me really likes the fact that it's like this open, haunted, empty, barren world to traverse and you're by yourself. It almost you know again not to not to keep bringing up other similarities, but like it almost has that metroid feel where you're alone and everything wants to kill you that's out here um similar mm-hmm. in that in in that sense as well. Um can we talk about uh the uh the, the the sections with Unger, the the war beaches Yes of course Okay so there's yeah so there's three of them throughout th- throughout the game um there's World War 1 World War 2 and Vietnam and as you're progressing through the story and you're uncovering more about un- different, these different beaches. Um, I could not stand the first one when you're in the trenches. I did not like it at all. And I don't know if, I don't know why exactly it was. It felt kind of claustrophobic. It felt like such a deviation from the normal gameplay that I was used to or I was getting, getting used to. But then the World War II beach happened and then the Vietnam beach happened. And you know what? After playing those two and kind of understanding it more, it made me appreciate the first one also, and I ended up actually loving those. Really? Sections. Yeah, yeah, I did, I did. So I ended up loving. I, didn't I ended know up you were going to do a
1: one eighty at least on the first one.
0: Yeah, because because then I understood. Okay, well, we're not just in the trenches because we're in the trenches. We're in the trenches because we're going to go to different wars here, and we're going to see the evolution of war on top of you know other things. So I I liked seeing that. Like I loved like how. You know, Vietnam was just in a jungle, and there's villages exploding and napalm and all this other stuff, and the red haze and like World War Two, you know, clock towers, and you know, you're in Europe, and the planes and, overhead, yeah, and yeah. And then the first one with just like the trenches and how that's very, you know, very claustrophobic, and like the first real modern war we ever. It's so like I, I, uh, I started to definitely appreciate it more as, as you uncovered more of the story and, and got into it. So yeah, I was, I was, I was into that.
1: I'm surprised you did a 180 on the first one. And, but I could see where you were frustrated cause I, I didn't, I didn't hate it. I didn't mind it, but I think it's the same thing. I was like, man, this is stupid. I could barely turn around. I can't really check my corners cause I can't like, you know, there's no corner cover really. There's no, yeah. cover, there's no c- corner cover system at all but you want me to run around this maze, quote unquote, and look for this guy. Um, but you're absolutely right. Once you hit World War 2 and it's a little bit more sprawling, and you could be a little bit more strategic on how you take out the different um, I guess if you want to call them mooks, I call them mooks, uh, the different mooks that are protecting Unger until you could finally get to him. Yeah, well, it's like little
0: pri- his little uh, private, uh, his little private his uh, little private guard. It-
1: yeah, the skeleton, the skeletons. Oh man, can we talk about this? The, the how do I put it? The is it even art design because it's photorealistic, but it's like so. I no, love, it's art. Right. It's of course, yeah, it's it. right. definitely art design. You love, you love what? I, I love Yoji Shinkawa. He's been right behind Hideo Kojima's side since Metal Gear One and that dude's art style using negative spaces and just damon if you ever get the chance just look up his just artwork i think the only kojima game he didn't do was left left alive or something which was an abysmal game it was wanted to be metal gear so bad but it just failed on every aspect but they got him to do the art um they got him to do the um the cover design for it and stuff and even that looks beautiful um, but everything just looks so cool, futuristic. It's so, it's such a mirror to just like you said. It's just nature. You're you're fighting nature, mm-hmm. but then once you connect a region, you have all these futuristic structures go up, like the watchtowers or the bridges or the the generators or zip lines, and it's it's a really cool inverse between the two.
0: Yeah. Yep, I loved, I loved Unger's design. How he's got like the tar coming down his eyes and he's got his, his guardsmen that are like, you know, connected to him and they're I just super, super cool. I loved, I loved Mads Mikkelsen's performance. I love, I love that they had like so many, so many well-known people. Like I was like, when, when mama first came on the screen, I was like, she looks familiar. I'm like, where do I recognize her from? And I was like, wait, is that the chick from Leftovers? So I had to IMDB it, and sure enough it was, you know, and, 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 uh, mm-hmm. you know, Nicholas Wy- uh, Winding Refin and, um, uh, Guillermo del Toro.
1: Guillermo you know, just, del Toro.
0: Yeah, I mean, just really cool, really cool, uh, how they, how they had all those guys in there. I mean, Conan was in it and,
1: uh, uh. Oh, Conan O'Brien? Conan you O'Brien. Got the
0: Yep, I got the otter hat. Yep, Conan O'Brien. And, uh, there's somebody else too that I recognize that, oh, well, Jeff Keeley, of course is in it. Um, you know, it's just like, it's like Kojima just putting his, his friends in there and stuff that he loves. And it's like, I'm just going to do what I want to do. And I got to say, I was worried and I was worried, but I am pleasantly surprised and pleasantly, I'm happy to be wrong that I slept on this game.
1: I'm glad. Yeah. Um I'm glad you enjoyed it because it was it was one of those it's 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 just different, man. I've never played anything like it. Um I would love to play something similar to it, if not a Death Stranding 2. Well that's what know, I was gonna ask. Do you think there'll be a sequel to this? And if there is one, what would you want out of it? I think um So I'll put it to you this way. I feel like most of the games, at least let's talk about Metal Gear. Metal Gear 1 could have been his last Metal Gear game, and it would have made sense. Metal Gear 2 could have been his last Metal Gear game, and it would have made sense. Metal Gear Solid 3 could have been the last Metal Gear game, and and it would have made sense, and so on and so forth. Um, If this is something he wants to do again... I'm sure he could try to come up with some sort of like. I even thought about it. Like, what if Higgs didn't kill himself? You know, and basically like, Emily comes back out of fucking nowhere, and you're like, "What the fuck are you doing here?" It's like the beach kicked me out. There's another. There's a new extinction entity that actually wants to get the job done. Yeah, like a course. Yeah, like a course correction.
0: Be- the uni. Yeah, like the universe isn't happy. It was supposed to end here. So now there's something else.
1: Yeah. So I th- I would think that would be really cool like Higgs was like all right I don't need your power I'll just take it and your What if you play as Shadow Higgs? Realm? What if you play as Higgs
0: in the second game?
1: Oh, I don't know. I I mean I loved Higgs as a character. Higgs was was bombastic and and Nutty and just yeah, Troy. You know Troy Uh, Baker. He's a
0: little. He's a little outplayed for overplayed for me now. But but um, but he always uh, Troy Baker. If nothing, he always puts his heart and soul into it. So um, I, I I thought he was really good as Higgs. What if you? What if it was a little bit more focused on action instead of deliveries and instead of playing as Sam, you play as Higgs and you've got all those powers and it's a little bit more combat focused but continues kind of the story and you're fighting against like you said that that next you know that next ee the bigger bad
1: i would i i don't know if that's I i wouldn't mind if maybe they gave sam or who knows maybe lou grows up and lou might be the protagonist for all we know that Mm -hmm. like that would be pretty that would be cool in itself and her being um quote unquote, born again, she could, you know, be a, re- a repatriate if the Death Stranding were to come back. And um I don't know, it's, it's, it's up in the air, because I, I, I if there's one thing you can never do with Kojima is peg him down as anything. You really can't nobody knew what this game was until it came out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I did. not I, I remember, I mean the hype, the hype for out. this, yeah, the hype for this game and the and the mystery around it. It it almost it almost did the game a little bit of a disservice because I think people got their they got their hopes up too much or they got they not, not that they got their hopes up but they they had unrealistic expected expectations. Expected something
1: else. Right, they right. Expect, they had un, I yeah. think they expected I think they expected Metal Gear with horror elements.
0: Mhm. Yes, yes. Well, because opinion. the the marketing is very horror driven i mean it's you got these creatures coming out of the ground and floating in the sky and these dead whales and babies in in bottle you know, pods and stuff i mean it's bizarre but it yeah. kind of works i didn't know that it was going to be more science fiction than horror um and i'm pleasantly surprised because i do like that genre more um so yeah i i liked it i would be into a sequel i don't but I would be into a sequel only if it was something that Kojima wanted to do. If he's like ready to like work on something else like a Silent Hills remake, uh, Silent Hill remake or something like that, go for it man. Like you don't feel like, is Yeah. This, the story wrapped up great, I'm good with it, but if you want to explore that world some more, cool. I don't know if I'd be into another delivery type game, but that could just be the core of what Death Stranding is. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see what, uh, you know, what he ends up working on next. I think we'll hear what Kojima is working on in the next, in the next year or so. I think we'll, we'll, we'll have Mm -hmm. a bet right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I want to say maybe by middle of next year, we should hear something. It would have been what? 2019 would have been almost two years mm -hmm. since it came out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we're coming up on almost an hour, Danny. Any, any other thoughts, things we didn't cover? Um, when when you know you are the kojima expert here so
1: i'm no expert at all if there's anything about kojima man all i could say is that he always subverts your expectations every time every time you think you're gonna get something but you get something different yeah and it's something that you kind of learn to appreciate it's almost like you know henry ford back when the model t came out it it comes in any color as long as it's black you know it's it's Mm -hmm. his way or the highway and if you like it great if you don't move on man but this this one to me goes down in the books as far as gameplay story it the production value soundtrack everything um i was just very excited for him to be able to to do this Uh, granted i am sad that there has not been a Metal Gear game or any rumblings about anything since, what are we talking, 2015? Well, since Metal Gear Solid yeah, 5 came 15, out.
0: Yeah, Fifteen was his, was his split with Konami, right? So.
1: Yeah, 2015. Um, so that in itself bums me out. But as far as him as an individual, I am happy that he's moving on and doing what he wants to do instead of living in corporate slavery under his overlord bosses. You know what I mean? You yeah. can't. You, you can't lock up an artist, and that's what he is. He's, he's yeah. an auteur. He's an you know, auteur, I mean, he's for
0: sure. Sense. For sure. There's not many, there's not many in the game industry. He's one of them, for sure. Um. so last question I have for you, Danny, and then we'll, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up here. What was your biggest takeaway from this game?
1: My biggest takeaway?
0: Or, or what did you, well, give me, give me anything, a takeaway, whether it was emotional, whether it was, uh, you know, what, what was, What was the thing that that, that maybe hit you the hardest or that, like, left the biggest impression on you?
1: I mean, I guess just honestly, to me, it was all the twist. Like, when when you're like, oh, I got to get Emily. So you go ahead and Fragile jumps you to her beach and then Higgs is, like, on his knees and she's kind of, like, I don't know, knighting him or sparing him power. As they get both like they both get caught off guard and then they have to like jump back into the act of what's going on. I thought that was really cool um finding out that Bridget and Amelie were the same person just it's it's all the twist and the fact that they end up making sense, you know what i mean like it's yeah well Kojima he's
0: so he's so confident in what he's doing and so confident in his story that he can have these like crazy characters that just fit And product in, placements. Right. Yeah, like Monster Energy drinks. That was so <laughs> bizarre. But, like, having having such confidence in your story that you can have these crazy characters as a side thought because you're leaning so heavy into the story and this world and this universe that you built, I love that about it. I think that's probably my biggest takeaway is just... You know, the gameplay stuff I thought was the weakest part of the whole game. I thought the production value, I thought the art direction, the music, the story, the tone was so powerful. And I thought the gameplay was was fine. It was serviceable. It got us to where we needed to go. And, you know, very rarely do you get a game that does all those things well. This one came pretty close. So you know that was it for me i think just like just how intelligent Kojima is with like connection and understanding what that's all about and and to be that relevant you know a year later, this game hits home, and who knows i mean he may be on onto, onto something here, hopefully not, but I mean it just seems like he knows what's yeah. going on and and he's and he's just you know, his mind is so fascinating. So I, I love that about, about the game. And, uh, I'm definitely, this has definitely got me excited for whatever project he's working on next, for sure.
1: It should get you excited about projects he's worked before, too. Just saying.
0: I will. There's plenty of stuff coming out. And we'll be, we'll be talking uh, about, you know, past Kojima games and future Kojima games. There's a lot of stuff happening right now in the games world. So, uh, well, Danny, thank you for the push. I I can't thank you enough. It, I really, really loved it. And now, for me, it's the end game. And that could be another 30, 40, 50 hours of doing whatever I need to do to get that platinum. But, uh, but I'm in, man. I'm all in.
1: I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm almost, I'm two trophies away from the platinum. I just have to do, I gotta do at least, what, 20 more deliveries. And hopefully I'll unlock it if I end up doing it right
0: nice good stuff man good stuff well i uh i i think that's where we'll we'll cut it off here so uh thank you very much for listening um we hope that we you know if you hadn't played death stranding or you had played death stranding at least maybe we you know we gave you some things to think about um i i was like i said i immediately had to talk to danny about it once i rolled credits. so uh thanks for listening follow us on on your favorite podcast app uh find us on Facebook, Instagram, X button radio. And, uh, for Danny, I'm Damon. Would you kindly tune in
1: next week? Take care. Keep on keeping on.